Tokyo, Japan. My name is Gary Verheller, and I'll be your host for what we call the Substance of Living Podcast. Today, we'll look at what we call life's lessons. And I hope this will provide you with some insight, maybe even some inspiration to life's challenges. It's my unique Japanese experience, part two. If you listen to part one, you know that I just arrived in Tokyo and I was, I was panicked because everything was in Japanese, a writing in Japanese, people were speaking Japanese until I heard an announcement, Japan Airlines Flight 671, and I, I felt, oh, I'm going to be okay. Well, from Japanese airport, which is the Narita airport, I had to travel by train into the city, this massive city. The metropolitan area is 22 million people. And uh, so I went into the city, got at the station, and I was so jet lagged. And I had these three massive bags. One was strapped across me. One had wheels that the wheel had come off and another bag that I was carrying like this. I was at the station and I saw a guy with a Canadian flag on his back. And I thought, no, I'm saved. And I walked up to him and said, hi, uh, uh, do you live around here? Do you, do you know where uh, Ryokan is? And he said, oh yeah, we're staying there. So uh, I was, uh, they took me to the, the Ryokan. Uh, Ryokan is like a Japanese inn. You rent a bedroom, essentially. You have a communal bathroom and a communal uh, toilet area. In the morning, you can have breakfast, a Western-style or Japanese-style breakfast. And uh, I had been told about this from some research I did, but also a friend of a friend of a friend who had stayed in Japan for a short period of time. And... I was there, and at this time, this was 30 years ago, the newspaper on Monday morning had ads for English teachers. And so, uh, Monday morning, I got the, I bought a newspaper and I started circling all the ads for, started calling on the payphone to make appointments. That evening, and I had arrived on a Saturday and that, it, this was a Monday, and I was making appointments for that week and the week following. And that evening, Monday evening, a television crew came to the Ryokan, to the Japanese inn, and they wanted to do a story about this particular Ryokan because there were many, many foreigners who stayed there. So I was in the dining area looking at my newspaper, and two of the producers came up and said, uh, excuse me, uh, are you staying here? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm looking for a job and teaching English. I just arrived on Saturday, and uh, I have some appointments. And, uh, well, what do you do? Well, usually I wake up about 4 a.m. and I go running through the park, because this was close to a, a big park called Wayno Park. And uh, I, went, I would go running through the park, and then I'd take a shower, and then I'd get dressed in a suit and tie, and then I would go to my first interview appointment, which was on Tuesday. They said, hmm, do you mind if we follow you? No, I'm fine with that. Sure, if you want to follow me. So, I knew, or I suspected, that they were going to come early and hope to find me asleep. So, I was up at 3 a.m. in my running shorts and, and running top, ready to go. And this was, this was in, uh, in late March. 
with the cherry blossom season. So, so they knock on my door and I open the door and say, let's go. And they were, <laughs> so, so they jumped in their car and they followed me as I ran around uh, the Bueno Park and they followed me back. And then I took a shower and they, uh, they photographed me as I was eating breakfast. And then they actually got on the subway with me and went to my first appointment. <laughs> the producers went into the, to the interview room, said, we're with uh, this, station, this TV station. We would like to film a little bit of the interview. Is that okay? I got the job, by the way. Uh, so anyway, they took me back by car, by a limousine. Uh, to the Japanese Inn and they filmed me while I was in the bath and I, I sang them a song and as I finished the song it's just for you and it was on national television <laughs> I couldn't believe it so since I've come to Japan it's been a cascade of good things one of my interviews the job that I actually took the manager was from New Mexico now, I had just come from New Mexico. I'd lived in New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico, for 14 years. I had flown all the way across the Pacific Ocean. There was only a million people at that time in the state of New Mexico, the fifth largest state in the United States. And the first guy I meet is from New Mexico. I couldn't believe it. So he, he hired me. When I looked for a part-time job, I walked into the office, and the guy sitting there in the office was a guy who I used to sell wine to when I was a liquor store manager. I said, Mike, he said, Gary. I said, I said, what are you doing here? He said, what are you doing here? It's just been one th good thing after another. So I was working part-time at, um, at a bank. And usually in the first couple of classes, one of the questions I'll ask is, what are your dreams? What do you, what do you dream about uh, doing in your life? And I would start and I'd go all the way around the class. And the leader of the class was an upper level executive at the bank. And I said, thank you, thank you. I was taking notes for, because in this way, I could find material that's connected to an interest that each one of them had. If a person is interested, they'll learn the language better. Basic educational psychology. I did that and then I said, all right, let's start. And the executive said, wait, wait, wait. What are your dreams? I said, oh, well, I've always dreamt about living on a tropical island where there's never any winter and being a scuba diving instructor for a major hotel. And the executive said, really? A year later, he introduced me to Central Sports. Central Sports is the largest fitness organization in Japan. Central Sports had a joint venture with the Palace Hotel on the island of Guam, a U.S. territory. And they hired me. It was just astonishing. I just, I just couldn't believe it. I had to, uh, I and my wife, at that time my fiance, she and I got married. She's a scuba instructor. I'm a scuba diving instructor. And we went to Guam for two and a half glorious years and we had to scuba dive six days a week. Oh no, it was just wonderful. When we came back to Japan, to Tokyo, a friend of mine introduced me to a company that had contracts with NASDA, which is now JAXA. NASDA was National, National Space Development Agency, and JAXA, which 
it became, they changed their name as Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency. I worked with seven of the Japanese astronauts. Something I've always dreamt about is supporting the space program. It was wonderful. I just, I, just, I couldn't believe it. From there, I ended up going to Mirai Khan. Mirai means future, Khan means containers, the house of the future. It's a $500 million science museum. Japan's first astronaut, Dr. Momoru Mori is the director. He asked me to join him. So I've been there for 20 years. And through them, they introduced me to the Ministry of Education for the Super Science High School Project. My wife and I have traveled all over Japan to select high schools to teach first-year students how to give a presentation on science in English. First-year high school students. <laughs> and they're just shocked. Here comes a trainer of the astronauts. And we go in, and one of the first slides that we show them is, do not believe us. And in Japan, teachers are gods. And for a teacher to say, don't believe us, they were just... So it was great, and it's been wonderful, and we've developed a wonderful program over the last 20 years. And then I've also been, had the very good fortune of working at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, too, and working with the parliamentary vice ministers. My point is, and this is what I also mentioned in my first uh, episode, my first, uh, the part one of my unique Japanese experience, was to live your dreams, to live your dreams. And if you do that, more times than not, you'll enjoy life so much more because you're, you're living something that you've always wanted to do. Nothing goes as planned. It always makes turns and ups and downs, yet you're going in the direction you want to go. And if you do that, you'll enhance and enrich your life. So please, Discover your loves. Discover what you really hold dear, your principles, and incorporate that into your life. And then you can start living your dreams. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for the Substance of Living podcast. If you'd be kind enough to consider subscribing, you can contact us through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or connect on Twitter. Join us again next time for what I hope will help you navigate life.